0: All right, good morning. For those uh, of you that I haven't had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Darren Wogan, and uh, I get the pleasure here a few times a year to share with you. So I'm looking forward to that today. And today we are gonna continue on our journey. For those of you that have been here, we are in the church year of exile, talking about how the church is being moved. We are out of Christendom. We're in the margins of society, which is where the church has really existed most uh, of its uh, time. And right now, specifically, we're in uh, talking in between uh, Christmas and Lent about the fruit of the Spirit. And if you remember, as Tom kicked us off and as we've been going through, we're really rooted in Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And if you remember, in the original Greek, there's a hard stop that Tom taught us when he started us off. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And then the rest are descriptors, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. This morning, we're going to be unpacking faithfulness and what it means to be and have a flourishing, faithful relationship, faithful friendships. So that's where we're going to go this morning. And if you know me, I like to kind of start with the end in mind, just where we're going a little bit more. And what I've really been led to is really, we have to understand that God is faithful first. And once we let understand that God is faithful, that'll increase our faith so we can be faithful. So said differently, if we're abiding in God, if we're putting that words of Scripture in our minds and our hearts, that'll increase our faith so that we can be, cultivate faithful friendships and relationships with others. And we're faithful when we know what we really believe, whose we really are, and what we are committed to. And we'll be able to cultivate that faith over time. So as I was getting ready for this uh, sermon, there's a couple things that I was really wrestling with and coming to me as we think about this and this flourishing relationships piece. So one is, what does faithfulness really mean? And the other is, what is a faithful friendship? What are faithful relationships? And I'm going to kind of start there, and then we'll bridge back to what faithfulness means. And as I was thinking that, I don't know if you've wrestled with that, but I'm going to have you wrestle with it a little bit. Have you been a faithful friend? Do you have faithful friends? So as I was wrestling with this, you guys are going to get to look, know way more about me than you really wanted to probably here this morning. But as I was wrestling with that, I've been through the journey class. I used to be Leaders of the Harvest about 13 years ago. Spent a year. You go through your life and kind of see where God's at work. And uh, that unpacked a lot of things and processed things. But right now I'm in the freedom class. Great class, you should take that. And it's, I'm finding things that I buried down that I hadn't yet dealt with. One of those is, as I was growing up, you know, I had lots of friends. I was in musicals and dramas, I was in sports, I was, I, I did four-wheelers and all that stuff. So I hung around a little bit of a rough crowd growing up on the farm. So I, I've always had, one of the gifts I've had is being able to talk to about anybody about anything. My middle name is Lynn, one of those definitions is babbling brook. Uh, several of my relatives said I had diarrhea of the mouth as I was growing up. So that has never been a problem. But as I look to it, I think a lot of us, as we go through junior high and get into high school, things change. But one point really intersects as, as uh, we joined, it was LDF, Le Grand Dunbar, Ferguson, joined with Semco, Southeast Marshall County, our two rivals when I was a freshman. And relationships are always changing at that point anyway in, in your school years, but it just blew it up, right? Social norms change, social dynamics change, friendships all changing, and friends I thought I had We're no longer there. So what I've been wrestling with and really unveiling is, you know, I don't know that I had a faithful friend. And that's really what I was looking for, and and a lot of times um, in the wrong places. See, at that time, it really started, manifested in my junior year in high school, going through probably my sophomore year in college, uh, really what I deem the dark Darren era. (laughs) Right, I wasn't really proud of who I was becoming, some of the choices I made, longing, ultimately, as I'm sensing now, wanting to have a faithful friend. But I really manifested itself as it does even today as I, as I feel that hurt and distrust in humor and sarcasm. Right? And if you want to know, it's a spiritual gift. And I, after this, I can tell you from Elijah to Jesus, all the, the references of how uh, sarcasm is a spiritual gift. Um, but also, as Allie talked about a few weeks ago in her talk on patience, as my wife grabbed my uh, knee as she was talking, um, it comes out in anger and control. And you can ask my brother, my parents. And you always hurt those ones that you uh, are closest to. And as I realized I wasn't a very good friend at that point, a very good faithful friend either. And it wasn't until later as I started to understand this truth that God was being faithful. God is faithful. And that would increase my faith so that I could become faithful. And I know some of you out there that my Excel and accounting friends, that's kind of a circular reference error, right? So if I can have slide two, you might be saying, say what? (laughs) So I think it's important so, I'm going to say it again. We must learn, we must understand that God has been faithful to us. He is being faithful to us. He will be faithful to us. That will increase our faith so that we can be faithful to others. Okay? So, we're going to pause on that. And now we're going to kind of look at what does faithfulness means. So, as I was wrestling with that and being a numbers guy, ultimately, Depending on which version of the Bible you're reading, there are 84 references to faithful, and there are 60 verses about faithfulness. So I was trying to decide, okay, there's a lot there. So what what do you focus on? And being a good Lutheran from my upbringing, a couple times during uh, during the when I'd wake up in the night, "Great is Thy faithfulness" with the pipe organ playing from my childhood was playing. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm supposed to go there. And in, in uh, my Bible study with the men's group I'm in a couple of weeks ago, I was telling them I'm struggling, which verses to use? And unprompted, one of the guys goes, have you thought about unpacking great is thy faithfulness? There you go. So that is where we're going to go now, is just look at the words of great is thy faithfulness. And I'm going to take some liberty as we read through that. And if we can have uh, slide three up, please, that would be great. As we go through this, pay attention to see what lifts for you, because there's going to be a little bit of homework when we're done going through these couple slides. Okay, so this is the song, great is thy faithfulness. So great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. You change us not, you change not. Your compassions, they fail not. As you have been, you forever will be. Great is your faithfulness, great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, your hand has provided Great is your faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all nature in manifold witness to your great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth, thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide me. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, blessing all mine with 10,000 beside. So what does this song say about faithfulness? Can we be brave this morning in groups of three, four, five, six around you? Just take 30 to 60 seconds and just talk about what did you hear faithfulness was? All right, I don't want to be too, I don't want to get anybody too far out of their comfort zone, okay? Do I have a couple brave souls that want to say something that stood out for them? What is faithfulness that they saw there? Jerry? Steady, unending. Steady, unending. And what was the last one? Forever. Forever. Awesome, thank you. One more brave soul. With us in the shadows. With us in the shadows. Wow. Awesome. That's good. So if we can go to slide five. So what we see, God is unchanging. He's unfailing compassion, brings new mercies each day, provides for our needs, pardons our sin, provides peace, right? There's that commingled fruit again, right? Joy, peace, patience, kindness. Offers constant presence and guidance as our strength provides blessing in community. Great job. Thanks for taking and doing that. So we see this throughout the old, throughout scriptures and, and especially in the Old Testament. I want to highlight a couple other places. In Deuteronomy 32, it says, Moses exalted a covenant-keeping God who is upright and just. He is faithful. Psalms is full of examples. And one of my favorites is Psalm 36. It says, your love reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the sky. Right? There are many songs that reference that, that verse. And I know for many of us, it's hard when we read the Old Testament, Right? We see it's like, wow, God looks really kind of mean some places, but we have to remember the context. God was being faithful to the Israelites and he wanted Israelites to be faithful in return, but they weren't. And just like today when we're not faithful and we're not living to what God asks us to live, there are consequences. But even in those consequences, Jeremiah as a prophet in his lamentation says this, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed For his compassion never fails. They are new each morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You see, this song shows us that faith actually comes from God. And then we can cultivate it. Just like the other fruits, we cultivate that and build that up by our actions. And that's a key thing that I want us to remember this morning. And I'm going to bridge back to my talk a few weeks ago, if you were here. And if I could have slide six, I'm going to go back to this picture of a fishing bobber, right? So we're like, we're like that bobber, right? If we're connected with God, if we're abiding in him, if we we're putting that word of scripture in our hearts and minds each and every day, asking the Holy Spirit to fill us, we may go underwater a little bit as the world, the flesh, and the devil kind of pull us down a little bit, but we can see God's faithfulness and we'll bounce right back up. We'll I'll be buoyant. And that's the concept of faithfulness that we want to have. If we are with him, we will see that. It will build our faith. Because God was faithful, we read in Hebrews 11. I love this. I'm just going to share a few if you want to go back and read that later today. Hebrews 11 goes through a list of uh, because of God was faithful, we have a faith that we can understand that he created out of nothing. Because God was faithful, we can have a faith Like know that no matter what's going on around us and the craziness of the world, we can stand for what we believe, even if people make fun of us and say, what in the world are you doing? And so on. God's faithfulness will build our faith. And I don't know if, for a long time, I didn't get that. I'm still wrestling with it a little bit if I'm being completely honest, right? I thought faithfulness was something I did. You know, it's like, man, if I just study the word every day, if I just, you know, go to this many church events, if I do all this thing, then I'll get faith. I didn't realize until later that it's really God is the one giving us faith. And we have to look for him. We have to rely on him for that faithfulness. So what does faithfulness mean? If I could have slide seven, please. So faithfulness is from the Greek word pistis, which actually means to be persuaded, to come to trust, to be loyal, reliable, true to your word. That's what it actually means. And the, the opposite is to be a friend only in the good times, right? When hard times come, I'm out of here. How many of us have had some friends like that, Right? And the counterfeit, and th- this one's a hard one, is to be loving but not be truthful. I've had a lot of those friends, right? Oh yeah, we're good. And I've gotten in a lot of trouble with those friends. <laughs> I don't know about you, right? We're, we're gonna have a good time, but we're not staying to truthful. And, and, and that, you know, I'm, I'm gonna give you an example and, and I hope I don't offend anybody here today, but because I love all of you, I wanna speak this truth that you should not wear yoga pants to Walmart. I'm looking out for you. I don't want you to be in that next YouTube video of these are the people of Walmart, okay? We gotta be truthful for people. They're really comfy, um, but they're not meant for Walmart. Uh, sorry, I have to have a little bit of humor. That's just who I am. So as I reflected on this m- more in the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, right? Growing up on a farm, there's, it talks about seasons, and I saw that year after year, no matter if there was what the weather did, what bugs did, all those things, we had a crop. As a parent, I I shared some of our stories three weeks ago, things we're going through. We've been through multiple seasons of life, the ups and downs, twists and turns. God has been faithful. Through different things I've shared in the past with my father-in-law's stroke and those types of things, even in those hard times, you see God has been faithful. And when I felt God or my parents or others weren't faithful, sometimes I'm starting to realize they were just trying to be truthful because I was being a jackwagon and off in right field. So I'm thankful that faithfulness is a gift that God gives us that then we can cultivate. We've got to remember that peace. It's active, just like we learn in James. In James 2, faith without works is dead, so faith doesn't save, but our works um, don't create faith. But out of faith, Out of faith, we will be faithful and we will show good works. And that'll grow in us by what God is doing in our lives. So I hope that's starting to make sense. If not, there's still coffee uh, in the back that you can get to get that caffeine going um, and help you with that. But now I want to shift back to faithfulness and friendship. So we have a a little bit better understanding of what faithfulness is. Let's look at some friendships as we go through the Bible. And I'm going to start first with just Proverbs just that gives us a, a good piece of what faithfulness is. And if I could have slide eight, so in Proverbs throughout it, I hope a few years ago, we did that as a church group, right? Read a chapter of Proverbs every day. If you haven't done that, it's a great practice to do uh, for a few months, different versions of the Bible, just to get that wisdom in. But in in chapter three, verses three and four, it says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on your tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and, and man. See, being faithful and loving will bless you, your family, and others for generations. It will give you a good name. As we look at David and Jonathan, a great relationship, right? First Samuel, one of the greatest relationships. And if you remember, uh, Jonathan's dad was, uh, was king. So Jonathan was in essence at odds because God promised David to be king. So by virtue, they were fighting for the same position, but Jonathan gave way because he knew God's faithfulness and knew what God had proclaimed. And through that whole story, we see that faithful friends are to be loyal. They can be trusted. They carry each other's burdens. They listen well. And even though it could have cost him his life, Jonathan warned David that his father was coming to kill him. They give good counsel. If we go to the next slide, we read in Ruth is another example, Ruth and Naomi and if you remember that story, uh, Naomi and her husband moved away. There was a famine in their country. They moved to a new land. They had a couple sons. Their sons got married. Ultimately, Naomi's husband died. Her two sons died. So she was like, you know what? I need to go back to my homeland, find my kins and redeemer, see if some of my family members will take me in. So she told her daughter-in-laws, you need to stay here. Go back to your families. Don't worry. But we see Naomi, one of her daughter-in-laws, steps up and says No. I'm going with you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Where you die, I will die. Despite the cultural differences, the generations, she established a deep bond. And we see that faithful friends are committed in good times and more importantly, in hard times. They sacrifice for each other. They build each other up. They are dependable. Now we're going to go to, to Paul. Paul. And for those of you who don't know, Paul was originally Saul, and he was persecuting Christians, then became Paul. And I'm going to go through two relationships here that I think are just really neat examples of some friendship and unlikely friends to start it off. So Saul was going down the Damascus Road, right, 120 miles in the desert. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up and said, why are you persecuting me? And then he's blinded. Well, God had been whispering to Ananias in the town up ahead and said, you know what? You need to go meet Saul. And Ananias, as you can imagine, is like, wait a second, this dude's persecuting, killing Christians. Are you kidding me? But he was faithful to what God had asked him to do because he knew God was faithful. And he met Saul, eventually, who became Paul and wrote most of the New Testament in this place. Can you imagine being Saul? He's in this dark place, literally and figuratively. All he'd been standing for, persecuting Christians, he now realized he had missed, and Jesus was the actual Messiah, so Ananias, probably in a little bit of fear, comes out to him, puts his hands on him, scales fall from his eyes, and he starts talking to him about Jesus. So we see in this relationship that faithful friends are there when you need. They know the, powerful of a, uh, the power of a gentle touch, a high five, a hug. They pray for you and speak the right words at the right time, encouraging you, sharing truth, sometimes hard truth, that you were wrong. And they heighten our joy and understanding in God. Then as Saul becomes Paul, we see another great relationship as we move to slide 10, Paul and Barnabas. And if you were listening last year in our, in our church journey as we went through the, the book of Acts, we see this relationship is what started as they went together on the missionary journey and started dozens of churches over a couple year time span. And our church is really part of what they started over 2,000 years ago. And it's amazing to see what they did, and even eventually on their second missionary journey when they had a disagreement about John Mark and kind of split and went different ways, we see that they still reconciled, they still were praying for each other. So we see that faithful friends don't let a disagreement get between them. They forgive each other, and they also challenge each other, speaking truth in love. They talk frequently, they encourage one another, they stand up for one another. And lastly, and there's multiple examples, but the last one for this morning in Mark, we see the friends, if you remember this story, their friend was needing healing and they knew if they could get him to Jesus, he would be healed, but they couldn't get through the crowd, so they took a risky move, walked up, tore a hole in somebody else's roof and lowered their friend down. And Jesus healed him and forgave him of his sins. We see faithful friends take you to the right place and put you in a position to know you are loved by God and forgiven. They will take risks for you. Now, I don't know about you, but as you hear those stories of what faithful friendship is, I'm feeling like I haven't been a very good faithful friend. I don't know about you. So back to my story a little bit. In the, so as I was entering college, I still had my confirmation background, so I joined FCA and... A uh, thing called Basic at I, Brothers and Sisters in Christ, it turned out to be a really neat thing. And as I was joining a fraternity, Sigma Phi Epsilon, one of my, a couple of my friends there said, hey, you need to turn from some of this stuff. You need to come with us. You need to go to church and those things. So as I started to make my faith my own a little bit at that point, it was a good turning point because I had a void that I knew I needed to be filled, that I would turned to girls and alcohol and partying and I knew that wasn't the right thing because the world had snuck in and told me what I needed to be. But as I studied, I realized it was okay to be crazy. Because I am most, some of you that know me know I'm a little bit off the wall sometimes. And what I saw as I read scriptures is God actually likes crazy in the right direction. So this was really good for me. And, And what I learned is caffeine, high doses of caffeine and chocolate had the same effect on me and I had a lot better judgment and I felt a lot better in the morning. So it was really good as I found those things. But as I kept studying and digging deep into the the word and that built and I saw God's faithfulness, even going back to like when I was six, when my grandma passed away and when my prayer life really began, I started to see he was faithful but the world turned me away from that and I thought I had to be a certain way and move in certain directions. But he was getting me back to that. So then I had faithfulness to share with others and I started building some deep um, friendships some faithful friendships, starting with my wife. And some of you have heard this story, so I apologize because you've been in small groups and classes with me. But, you know, I uh, as I was dating Michelle and I broke up with her two times, yes, I'm a jack wagon. Um, so I was a senior and going to live my dream, going to go work for a Fortune 100 company at Honeywell in Minneapolis. She had a year of school, and I had all the trust issues that I kind of referenced a little bit before. So I just wasn't sure, but somehow God kept working that this was, I thought the person I was supposed to be with, but it's like, okay, I gotta be faithful to her and just lay it all out there. So I remember rehearsing this for many times and I went up one night and it was about 23 years ago, almost to the day, and I just let it all out. Here's all the poor decisions, poor relationships, etc. Half thinking she'd be gone when I looked up. I looked up and I saw that she was crying. And she gave over and gave me a big hug and said, I'm sorry, and listed all those things off. See, I learned, I learned that day that friends sometimes, deep friendship, faithful friendships, love you through the mess. They forget about your past and focus on where you're going. And now 23, you know, 23 years since then, I can say I'm a lot better person because of that. Now, I still have my moments, right? I'm still a Jack wagon ask Michelle, Allie, and Andrew, um, they will definitely agree with that. There are times. But I have faithful friends. I have a lot. Many of them are in this room this morning as I sit here. I know they will be there. I know they're here this morning, and no matter how good or bad this sermon is, they're going to encourage me and love me. And as I got to thinking about it, you know, I've had the opportunity, especially the last 10 years or so, with some of the things here at church that I've done, uh, to walk with people as they're walking through death, walking through divorce, getting cancer, multiple sclerosis, other diagnosis, going through job loss. I've gotten to walk with them. And here's the thing I learned, when you go and you meet with them, they don't, It doesn't matter what job you have, what title you have, what car you have, what house you live in. What matters is you're there. You're willing to listen. You're willing to cry with them, to get angry with them, to speak God's truth when they don't know exactly what their worth is. And sometimes, I don't have permission to share those stories, my faith is built up because of the stories of how God is working in the horribleness of what I see as that situation and how God is at work. It's amazing to me. And sometimes, and I'm gonna apologize because there's a couple of you in the room, I've had to have that conversation of you're being stupid right now <laughs> to be faithful to them. See, God wants us to be faithful, cultivating through our trust in his faithfulness so we have faith to be faithful. Faithful. So now, if I could have slide 11 and the worst team, you can start making your way back up here. So as you think about this, I want to challenge you as you go back to your week, maybe this afternoon, maybe later in the week, how are you doing as you reflect on faithfulness with your friends? What simple steps can you take this week to move into knowing God's faithfulness so it'll increase your faith so you can be a faithful friend and cultivate this fruit of the Spirit.